three months on the film. Yeah. The uh, film rap production will went back to Atlanta, and I was in LA without a job. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So uh, you know, as quickly as it rises, it also falls. Um, but I was, I was, I was in LA without a job, so I went and got a job at the mall, was working retail, and then I was leaving work one day and got robbed at gunpoint. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, everybody? I am your host, Rashad Mays, and I'm here to bring you Love Yours to Podcast, the show that loves the hustle and embraces the struggle. On this show, we interview entrepreneurs and brand makers who have achieved levels of success within their fields and bring to light some of the struggles and pitfalls it took for them to get there. After this episode, be sure to leave comments on your thoughts, opinions, or whatever you think of the show. Don't forget to show love and check out our website at www.loveyourspod.com where you can find all of our podcast interviews and Love Yours apparel. While you're there, make sure to subscribe to the show and get a chance to cop some of our gear at discounted rates. With that being said, stay tuned. We have an exciting show ahead right here on Love Yours, the podcast. This is your host, Rashad Mays, and I am here today with a special guest, raining all the way in from L.A. Uh, he's hosted a bunch of movies, music videos, anything you name it when it comes to the digital world, content, all that jazzy stuff, making a name for himself out there in L.A. I have James Bland on the line with me. How are you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right, for you guys that don't know, James Bland is the ex- executive producer and showrunner of Giants, the digital series, a digital series out right now. Uh, he's currently working on his second season, which looks to debut, what, next month, right? Ah, I know, bro. The thing just <laughs> came out, what, last year? The first one yeah, came out last premiered, year? He premiered season one January 25th. 2017. So uh, we spent all of last year uh, working on season two, and uh, we premiered uh, February, man, early February. Wow. So yeah, a month, a month from now. How you feel about it? I know you're excited. Oh man, I feel good. It's uh, you know one of those things where uh, there's so much work. Uh, where I have a great deal of anticipation to put this content out and allow the world to see what we've been working on. Um, it also gives me anxiety. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> bro, I've suffered from so much anxiety as a result of doing this show because there's so many wheels turning at the same time. And it's also a lot of pressure uh, as far as just carrying the weight of everything that has to be done yeah. with producing, you know, your own series. Yep. But uh, I'm, I'm excited. And I know that the audience it's really gonna get into the second season. We're already, I already know how you feel, bro. Like, especially like this is your baby. This is, yeah, is. your baby, and for somebody to start something from scratch and see it to fruitation, of course you're gonna be, you know, anxious and worrisome, and you're mm-hmm. your own worst critic, and can be, you know, you're gonna get in the way of your own self. And so I know you don't want to put anything out this BS or you know not to your standards, mm-hmm. so. I'm pretty sure you're yeah. nitpicking at every little thing with this way, that way, and the third, and 
it's, sure. with the success of the first season, bro, I have no problem believing that the second season is going to be, you know, that much more immaculate. So don't even worry about it, bro. February 2018, Giant okay. Season 2 is coming, and it's going to be a success. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah man. So look, tell the guys where you're from, man. Where, uh, where did you grow up, bro? So I'm from Titusville, Florida. It's a really small town on the East Coast, the Space Coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so born and raised, and then went to Florida A&M, you know, for college, and then moved to L.A. right out of undergrad. Look, so I'm going to go ahead and say it again, if I haven't said it already on other episodes for the people that already have listened. Uh, mm-hmm. you is doing the damn thing, man. Doing the damn thing. <laughs> no, no, let me tell you, dog. Let me tell you how, just how dope you is. A, like, Fabio was taking over Hollywood. Like, if you don't know, let me be the first to tell you that. Um, <laughs> that Van Ewens, we're at the helm of production companies. You know, we're starring in, uh, in television shows and in films. We're writing projects. We're producing projects. Yes. Like, Van Ewens doing it. And even Giants, there's so many Van Ewens who have touched this series. Uh, second season, and made it dope. Like, I was watching... Uh, I was working on the edit of episode 203, and I swear I counted like 10 fan viewers in front of the camera. What? Um, bro, listen, we are, fan is these the giants. Are, are these people that, are these fan viewers that you're bringing on yourself, or are they just naturally yeah. just got the talent and they're getting hired and put on your show? I mean, I mean a little bit of both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's family. But, if you went to Sam, I know you're dope. So we got quite a few fans working behind the scenes. You know, I got CJ, uh, who's also, you know, our frat, who's producing the show with me. Uh, I had quite a few fan viewers who were PAs on the show, who were just production assistants. Oh, so they would reach a college grads who moved out to LA and reach out to me wanting to work and get that experience. But um, episode three in particular, mm-hmm. I, I casted a few fan viewers. And also, like when I say I counted 10, mm-hmm. you know, some of those are actual speaking roles, like KJ Smith, yeah. who's just super dope. Like KJ's on Dynasty right now. KJ was on Queen Sugar. So it's not like I just gave her a role because she's fam. Like, she's doing the damn thing. Uh, but, you know, there are some folks who are in the show who don't have speaking roles who just made uh, guest appearances, which was, you know, just a cool thing because I needed people, I needed bodies. And, uh, you know, I called on the family and they answered the call. Hey, we'll take it any way we can, bro. But one thing you said is that all fam ones are dope, so... You got jobs out there and you got fam viewers on the line, go ahead, take them because we thorough, we real. <laughs> so yeah, man. So with um so with Giants and everything that you got going on at LA, because I know this is not your only product uh project, but go ahead and let the folks know exactly what you do currently and your brand and everything that it stands for. Yeah, for sure, man. So um I'm a content creator. I think that's the best way to sum up what I do uh, because I am multi-hyphenated. You know, I do uh, quite a few things. I'm an actor, I'm a writer, I'm a producer, I'm a director. And so I like to say you know, I'm a content uh, creator and just overall a filmmaker. Uh, film is the medium in which uh, I choose to um, share my art and share my stories. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, I've created a production company, James Webb Productions, 
LA based and I create short form content for big brands. I've done things for <laughs> brands like Fabric Twenty One and, and Rashawn John and Bevel. Yeah, um and that's you know been my bread and butter, but the focus has always been creating scripted content. And so uh, you know, Giants is you know, one series that I've had the pleasure of producing, but I've also done a handful of digital series uh, for Easter Ray YouTube channel, uh, like a show called First. Um, I did a show called Get Your Life uh, with uh, actress, comedian, Amanda Shields. Um, but in addition, I've also worked in the film and television space. I was a digital producer for TV Land for a number of years, working on shows like The Soul Man, Younger, and I went over to Nickelodeon for some time and did a show called All Men Can Newton mm-hmm. as a digital producer. Um, but I actually started my journey in the industry I uh, working in film. Mm-hmm. Started as an intern to Sam Ewan, uh, Beta New Brother, Will Packer on Movie Takers. Um, and then from there, I stayed at that studio at Screen Gems and I worked as a production assistant on a few films. And then ultimately, you know, was promoted to assistant to one of the senior vice presidents and creative executives. And that was kind of like my, my first, um, you know, stepping stone in the industry is where I learned a lot about the film business. Yeah. Uh, so I've really done an array of things in the industry, but like right now, my main focus is creating my own content and that is scripted, you know, content that mm-hmm. just speaks to the humanity of people. Woo. Jesus. <laughs> you got a long resume, man. And the, the one key thing I heard out of that whole thing um, at, the, at the end was I am creating my own content. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you're, at a, you're, at a, yeah. you're still at a young age of, what, 32? And, you know, you've been able to make a way out there in a highly saturated market out there in L.A. and uh, created a space to create your own things, create other opportunities for other people. So. Again, oh, and by the way, look, I went on you. I went on your website already. Nothing but content. <laughs> Nothing but content. All straight content. Everything you could ask for is on there. So, if you guys haven't checked out his site and haven't uh, gotten to know this man yet, outside of this interview, got a lot of dope stuff on his website. He's got a lot of dope things he's doing, and nothing but content is you know you can research and look at for days and days and days and days. So. Definitely hats off to you for, uh, you know, making things happen, bro. Definitely. Thank you, guys. So you're 32, 32, 32 years young. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you started you started your journey out at what, the age of 23, right? Yeah, 23 is uh, the age that I moved to Los Angeles. So I kind of look at that as my starting point in terms of breaking into the industry. Mm Mm-hmm. And what made you want to like move out to LA? Like, give us a, give us a, give us the story as far as like how you started out and how you, you know, found your way to, you know, the successes that, you know, you've come to be to right now. And, you know, just give us the story, man. How did, how did, how did, how did, how did everything play out? All right. So, um, I'll start by saying I'm 6'6. Six, six. So, I'm really tall. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, as a result, growing up, I was pushed towards basketball. Of course. And so I played, you know, basketball, middle school through high school, you know, basketball camps, AAU, PAL, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, but I always had an interest in the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, my only outlet for it growing up was church. I was that guy who 
participated in all of the church plays, but I didn't really do much of theater in school because I was so busy with sports. Right. Not only did I play basketball, but I ran track and I ran cross country. Um, but I stopped playing uh, basketball when I went to college, when I got to Sam. And so Sam really gave me that opportunity to tap back into the, the, uh, the, the artistic side. So I got into a few uh, student uh, plays and then I went over to Florida State and I started auditioning for a few student films and that opened my eyes up to the world of filmmaking. Right. And so I started uh, actually making films while I was at FAMU. I had the opportunity to meet Will Packer and Ralph Hardy when they were uh, shooting the film Stump the Yard Uh-oh. because they asked the brothers to come step in the film and then Will and Rob came back to FAMU. They had a huge event to promote the film and they encouraged me to make a film because they made their first film while they were students at FAMU, a movie called Chocolate City. I and that. so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I made my first film. It was called Dreaming in Color. I premiered it in Lee Hall and that really kind of solidified my um, desire to be a filmmaker. Like, once I made that film, I had to premiere. I was like, yo, this is it. This is exactly what I want to do. And LA was just the place to be. It was the right move. To be a filmmaker. It's interesting because at the time, Atlanta was really popular. A lot of folks were going to Atlanta um, to pursue a career in film, but. I, you know, I just, I, I looked at L.A. as the mecca. I looked at L.A. as the place where stars are made, where the decisions, you know, um, all originate. And so I just said, you know, I'm going to L.A. And also Atlanta was really close to home. Yeah. Atlanta kind of felt like damn New York. <laughs> and I really wanted to get away. It still is. Like, I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to experience something new. And so made the decision to come to Los Angeles. I did that. Uh, within two weeks of being here, I landed an internship with Will Packer, you know, working on the movie Takers. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. So you, you, when you, when you decided to go to LA, <clears throat> right, uh-huh. you didn't have, you didn't have a job set up, you didn't have an internship set up, you just said, look, I've graduated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just knew I was going to go. So, you know, you know that thing, when you graduate, uh, everybody's like, yo, what's next? Yeah. And I, Finishing up at them, coming off of being student body vice president. Okay. And so there was such a level of expectation for me. A lot of folks wanted me to stay and actually run for SGA president. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that's not even nah. like connected to the dream for me. Like, it was cool. It was a good experience. I did the student government thing at them, and it definitely gave me some skills and some tools that I currently use, you know, today, even in the world of producing and filmmaking. But it just wasn't connected to, to me, the overall, you know, goal or dream. Yeah. And so, um, but I also didn't really have a plan uh, because, you know, there, there really isn't, uh, 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 there's, there's no blueprint. Yeah. Um, I definitely was reaching out to production companies looking to secure an internship. I was looking for a job. I actually came to L.A. for a week prior to moving, mm-hmm. just trying to, you know, plant some roots and figure out the city figure out where I was going to live. Um, but folks always told me that you really got to be here to get the opportunities. Right. Like nobody was calling me back on a job tip because I didn't live in LA. I didn't have a, uh, a direct answer in terms of when I was going to make the relocation official. Yeah. And then I didn't hear from any production companies. 
luckily I had the relationship with Will Packard. I had to cultivate that relationship for some time. Yeah. But even when I was initially looking to move, I was hitting Will up, like, yo, bro, can I get an internship? And Will, you know, said he didn't have anything for me. Yeah. And so when I made the decision to move to LA, I moved there on blind faith. I didn't have an internship yet. I didn't have a job. I really ain't have no money, in particular no LA money. You know, the beautiful thing is that I went to Sam on a full ride. Okay. And so my parents didn't come out of pocket at all to show me to college. And so when I made the decision to go to LA, my mom said, Okay, I'll help you out, you know, in the beginning so you can get there. And the other crazy thing is, man, um, I didn't know where I was gonna stay, right? Yeah. I was a business major at FAMU, but I decided to take piano as my elective because I always wanted to learn how to play the piano. Right. So piano was my free elective. My piano instructor, Professor Kilgore, I ran into her the week after I came back from LA from visiting during the summer. And she, she said, you know, what are you doing? Uh, what's like, what's next, James? Now that you graduated. And I just said, I'm moving to LA. And she said, well, where are you living? And I said, I honestly don't know. <laughs> and she, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And so come to find out she had an apartment in LA. Wow. She had an apartment in LA that she was paying the rent on, but she was in Florida currently teaching, and she needed somebody to supplement the apartment. It was just divine, man. Look like, at God. God, <laughs> God orchestrated, he laid it all out. Like, he really showed me that if I trust him, that he'll provide. Yeah. And so I made the leap, and I moved to LA. I had a place to stay. Um, and then within two weeks, Will Packer's assistant called me and said, hey, we have this internship we want to offer you. The only thing is the film is going to shoot in Los Angeles because they thought the film was going to shoot in Atlanta. Yeah. When I was first having a conversation, it was about going to Atlanta. They were like, yo, the film's in LA, so if you want this internship, you got to come to LA. And I was like, I'm here. <laughs> I moved to LA two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm so, already here, bro. What's up? I'm already here. Like, what's good? <laughs> like, what's up? I'm ready to work. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, man. Yeah. So you pretty much went out on faith, made things happen, and God was right there on your side. And like you say, everything oh, yeah. had everything had already been written for you, you know. But the biggest thing that you that. did was yeah. you took the leap, and most folks don't take the leap. And I yeah. and I've said it before, and people have probably heard me say it multiple times. But I've um, I am a big supporter of moving to a city you've never been to before after school. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to see what you're made of, you know, go go yeah. somewhere where you don't know nobody. You might know one person or whatever, but get out of your comfort zone, move to a city and see what it's like to live out on your own and away from, you know, everything. And those are the times where you'll really see what you're made of and, you know, how you can thrive as a as a newly found adult away from the college mm-hmm. atmosphere. And if you're able to survive and make it in an, like a, an environment like that, especially L.A., a big city, three thousand miles away from Florida, where you're from, man, you can you can live anywhere, bro. You can go live anywhere you want to. But that's that's good though. You were able to cultivate those relationships and keep them close. And so Will Will Packer, what knocked on your door two weeks later, offered you a, a position as an intern, correct? Why not to his door? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so he hired you, and then what happened? So I, uh, you know, was supposed to intern for what three, three months on the film. Yeah. The uh, film wrapped for 
production, Will went back to Atlanta, and I was in LA without a job. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, as quickly as it rises, it also falls. Um, but I was, I was, I was in LA without a job, so I went and got a job at the mall, was working retail, and then I was leaving work one day and got robbed at gunpoint. What? Whoa, um, whoa, 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 So now you, you, you selling what? What are you wearing? JC Pitties? No, bro. Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Abercrombie and Fitch. Well, man's had to pay the bills. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, that it was crazy. It was a crazy experience. And it's the, the divine part of it all is that experience alone was the catalyst of doing Giant Two. And that happened, uh, nine years ago, uh, almost to the date, uh, of last month. It was, it was well, about two, it, it happened in November. That was in December. It was like November or December of 2000. And, uh, Eight in yeah, two thousand eight, man. And so, this this all started. This the idea started from the robbery. Yeah, man. So I got robbed at gunpoint. It was a crazy, crazy story. Like <laughs> I, if I told you the whole thing, you wouldn't believe. Give, give, give us give us a dude. snippet, man, because I know you wasn't walking out of Abercrombie right, so and Fitch with bags dudes, of money. Young dudes rolled up on me and uh, said, you "Give us your shit." And I had my cell phone and my backpack. And I was just frozen. I didn't know what the fuck to do. They had a gun. They never pointed the gun in my face. Yeah. You know, I was kind of kept the gun down. Yeah. But I could see it. So yeah. I knew, oh, you know, this is an armed robbery. And so they started taking all of my stuff. And so the long story, uh, the long story short version is I ended up fighting the dudes. Uh-oh. Because I was just kind of at the end of my rope. Yeah. I was at the end of my rope. I was frustrated. Because everything, although everything worked um, perfectly when I first moved to LA with the apartment and have the internship, yeah. it all ended at the same time. The internship ended, the sublet ended, I, like everything, the money ended. So it was just, you know, a, a really hard time for me. And I was frustrated. And, um, when they took my stuff, um, I, I literally, bro, it was temporary insanity. Like when people say that now, I fully understand how you can snap. Yeah. And you can involuntarily just go into a fit of rage. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. I just went into this fit of rage, man, and I became a completely different person. Because I'm typically so chill, I'm not confrontational. Yeah. But in that moment, I just decided, no, like, this is not happening. I ain't not going. Today. Not on my watch. <laughs> so I ended up fighting the dude, and they had a gun, bro, on him. That's who ended wow. up, uh, he was pulling the trigger multiple times. I didn't understand what happened. I was like, grace of God, the gun wasn't loaded, the gun wasn't real. I don't know what happened. Yeah. My face was swollen as a result. When the swelling went down, I realized that I had like foreign objects in my face. Oh, so the man. story is, it was a BB gun, man. They had robbed me with a BB gun, oh, and I was actually being man. shot, and I didn't know it. I was being shot with a BB gun, and grace of God, you know, I didn't get my eyes shot out. Yeah. Um, and the adrenaline was so high, it was such an out of body experience. I never felt it. That's that's um, that's crazy, bro. I yeah, just it's just a crazy. Yeah. I just saw a video on oh, I forgot what I was on, but there was this girl. It was, long story. I guess there was another girl trying to rob another girl, and she was in the car. The girl had a gun, and she kept trying her and trying her and trying her. The girl had a gun, 
and she shot her. You know, she shot her, and the next thing you know, she's like, ah, I didn't think you was gonna shoot me yet. She gave, she ended up getting shot. You know, but I mean, yeah, man, <laughs> it was crazy. But I mean, like, for, for to be in that kind of experience, man, like, and for you to come out, un- well, I ain't gonna say unscathed, but you know, to come out, you know, unhurt and yeah. things like that, man. Come that's, yeah, that's that's, line, that's crazy. crazy like little little things like that that happen in your life stick with you and you know they stick oh, with God, you it does. It defines you. yeah and i'm pretty it sure for you, who you are. Yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure for you 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 took that and you made something of it. you took you took a negative and made a positive of it and you know for the, the, the situation that you were in mentally spiritually you know you were broken and for you to go through that experience and make a positive of it and for it to you know, cultivate and matriculate into something like this. Amazing. Definitely amazing. Yeah, man. (laughs) 
Hey guys, I want to shed some light on one of our sponsors of the show, Horror Creative. That's H-A-R-A Creative. Horror Creative is a creative shop that specializes in photography, videography, and creative direction. Challenging the status quo through their expertise, they have used their skills to provide restaurants, clothing brands, solo entrepreneurs, and many more with distinguished visuals. You may also know them because of their transformative self-propelled projects, such as their video series, The Black Love Project, and their most recent publication, Horror Magazine, Poems and Light. Follow them on Instagram at Horror Creative, or check out their website, horrorcreative.com, to stay in the loop with all the dope content they have coming our way. Please check them out when you get a chance, and always remember, Horror Creative for the culture. already came up with the I name. Wrote it. I wrote I wrote a short called Giants. Okay. Never shot it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, never shot it. So I, you know, brought it out in the archives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then developed it and expounded upon it and Giants the series was born out of the short film that was birthed out of this situation that we get robbed and now, were, did you already have, did you already start the production company or was this like a catalyst to start the, the production company? How did the production you know, company come uh, Yeah, I, the production company was started. The production company started because I got tired of working for people. Right. So I started a production company to work as a freelancer. And so I was creating short form content. I brought a camera and I would shoot and edit content for different folks for different things. So a lot of the content that you see on my website, like music videos or the branded promo content, mm-hmm. uh, that was all under the banner of James Webb Production mm-hmm. as a way to keep the lights on. Right. So I took jobs, you know, creating content for people so I could, you know, sustain myself while uh, pursuing the dream of really creating uh, scripted content. So I never really aspired to have a production company that created or produced like commercials and promo content or even music videos. Yeah. The dream for me was always film and television, mm-hmm. but I had to work, I had to hone my skills, I had to sharpen, you know, my level of expertise before I could turn a profit or make a living yeah. uh, creating uh, scripted content. And so I did non-scripted promo content first, and but now, you know, the focus is definitely scripted, uh, scripted long-form, long-form content. Now, when you were freelancing and taking on these odd jobs and, you know, holding your skills, you weren't making that much money. You were, were was it more than the mall pay or like, were you barely above water or you were still under, you know, still underwater trying to, at first, to breathe? You know, at first, like, you know, for most startups mm-hmm. and for most um, entrepreneurs or sole proprietors, Initially, you're just making enough to stay afloat, and that was the same for me because I didn't know my value at first. Right. I really struggled with uh, a um, how to actually get business, and then b to actually charge a rate that was worth my time and my mm-hmm. effort. You know, in the beginning, you kind of do jobs for very little because yeah. you feel like you need the uh, you need the business. Mm-hmm. You don't know when more work is going to come. And you're really working to build your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have a resume to show exactly what you can do. And so at 
I got to a place where I realized that I could, uh, I, you know, I set my price back. I set what I am worth. Right. And, um, it was, it, it was crazy because I remember at one point I started doing weddings with, uh, our frat brother Elton Anderson and Elton would tell me, yo, charge this much for this wedding. Elton was doing the photography. Yeah. I was doing the videography and I could not bring myself to charge that number that Elton told me to charge. It was a crazy number, wasn't it? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, it's just a number. But you start to realize that a lot of things are, you know, psychological. It's like, you know, the whole idea of what, as a man, think of, uh, so he is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that you're worth uh, a certain value, then you won't be. You just won't be. But the moment that you believe that you're worth that, then the universe will then return that uh, to you in a tangible form. And so once I really grasped that concept, now I haven't struggled since. Living in the uh, Yeah, but in the beginning, yeah. But I realized it was, it was less about uh, resources and more about mentality. Mm. And how long, how long were you in this freelance mode, kind of barely making it, and then you realized you oh, were? Oh, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here in terms of freelance. In terms of freelance. In terms of barely making it, no, I'm not, I'm not there anymore because I would say, uh, in terms of years, yeah. um, maybe like two to three years, man. Two to three years of just really grinding, definitely a paycheck to paycheck type of a situation. It's not even a paycheck, it's a paycheck. Because as a freelancer, you're not getting a paycheck, um, you're getting, uh, you're just getting gigs. So you're getting payment from gigs, mm-hmm. which is completely different than a paycheck. Because the paycheck, you know, is coming on the clock. You already know, you know it's coming. Uh, So was there anybody like during this this point in time, was there anybody that was, you know, helping you out or was it just you solo? I mean, in terms of helping me out, like financially or helping me out career to get my career off the ground. Just in general, like who was there for you in that moment? Like throughout those two, three okay. years, like who was, yeah. who was really there for you? All right. So at one point, uh, I was in a two bedroom apartment with five, with five people. What? And so we were all kind of collectively helping each other out. We were all uh, artists from Tallahassee. We all had either went to FAMU or Florida State. We had moved to L.A. to be a writer, an actor, a producer, or a host. And so we decided to all move in together to cut, you know, down our expenses. Right. So I did that for a year. And then I moved out, got my own place, still struggling at this time. Um, and then Elton Anderson was another FAMU invaded a new ground, moved to LA to pursue photography. Yeah. And so he moved in with me and uh, we shared the rent um, in this one bedroom apartment. And then we graduated to a two bedroom apartment and we would help each other out. So I would get gigs, put Elton on, Elton would get gigs and he would put me on. And we really started to build up our businesses and our bank accounts there and then Another fan here Kalu, who's a stylist, yeah. moved to LA, and he moved in, and he slept on our couch. Mm-hmm. And so then it was, you know, me, Elton, and Apuja out here just grinding. Mm-hmm. Apuja would style the photo shoot, Elton would shoot the photos, I would do the behind the scenes videography. We were a trio, 
and you know we would always kind of alley oop each other jobs. Yeah. Um, and then you know from there it's crazy, man, because I think about when three of us didn't have shit, and now all of us we have our own apartment. Abuja is styling everybody from Jesse Smollett to uh, Jay Ellis, uh, Neo's uh, personal stylist. Like he's completely killing the game. Elton has shot everybody from Issa Rae to Tiffany Haddish. I don't know if you guys saw like those images where Tiffany went on Saturday Night Live. Like all of those <laughs> images of her in that red uh, suit. Like Elton shot those. He shot, you know, Kendrick Lamar and Bro, I saw uh, yeah, I saw and, all like, that, bro. Dope. Definitely does stuff. Just like killing it and moved to LA without a proposition. Like without shit. We was the, you know what? The, I was just surrounded by artists, bro. I always surrounded myself with dreamers. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. You gotta surround yourself with people with vision and with people who are dreamers themselves because they help to keep the dream alive. Even right. though our dreams were different, we were able to motivate and encourage each other. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you get around people who aren't dreamers. Yes. Because people who aren't dreamers don't see the vision and they think what you're doing is dumb. And they start to advise you um, in, in ways that really don't align with things of dreamers. Mm-hmm. So I realized I just had to surround myself with people who had vision and people who had a dream of their own. And, you know, we would uh, sometimes subconsciously keep each other's dream alive. Yeah. Just from just being around each other. Bro, that's that's essential. Because, you know, just being around a collective group of individuals that think like minded and have that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, they 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 essentially, you know, they're gonna keep the motivation high, whether whether you believe like subliminally and like just out in front, like they're gonna keep that you're gonna keep that dream alive and make sure like you're going to do what you gotta do and hold you accountable. And you know, we Folks don't have that sometimes, and they and they do. And you know, when you're around individuals who are either corporate or I, I want to go to work nine to five, and you know, you ask them what they're doing outside of work to fulfill their dreams, they're like ah, I'm 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 watching Netflix and playing games and stuff like that. It's not going to help you out. It's not going to help you out. You know. So the good thing in your case was that you you were surrounded by individuals who understood where you was trying to go. You understood where they were trying to go. And you guys held each other accountable and made it happen. Not, not to mention you were actually living with these folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 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 definitely a good thing. That's definitely a good thing. So, from that, so and explain to me another dynamic, uh, another dynamic. So you guys were all living together, bouncing jobs off each other, uh, and really grinding at this point. Where, how was the lifestyle? Because LA is a LA is a big market, it's a big city, it's a lot of stuff going on. And at this point, you're grinding, trying to build the bank account, build your portfolio, and all that stuff. Was it was it strictly tunnel vision, or did you guys still had room to kind of like go out there, play around, uh, you know, hit this scene, that scene, go travel, do this, do that, or was it just like oh, no, we yeah. focus. Okay. <laughs> we definitely, you know, lived our best lives. Uh, we traveled quite a bit, man. Mm-hmm. And it's so important not to get consumed in the pursuit where you forget to live your life. One of my, um, because, you know, as artists in particular, we have to live. Yeah. We have to travel. We have to experience. We have to love. We have to be in relationships um, because that's how we're inspired. 
um, that's what fuels you know, our inspiration. Yeah. One of my favorite books is Paulo uh, Coelho, The Alchemist. And, you know, in that story, the shepherd boy goes to this house that has all of the, the wonders of the world. He's given a task to walk around a house with a spoon uh, with oil in it. And his task is not to drop any of the oil from the spoon. And so he walks all around the house so focused on that oil that he never takes the time to marvel, you know, at the, the beautiful art that's surrounded by him. So when he gets back to uh, this uh, guru, the guru says, tell me what you what you saw. Mm-hmm. And though he had completed the task and not dropping the oil from the spoon, he didn't have a story to tell mm-hmm. about the things that he saw. And so um, the key and the secret to life is figuring out how to not drop the oil, but still take the time to... Um, just taking everything around you. Mm-hmm. And so I've made it a point to travel. Um, I mean, at one point, I think 2016, I went to like six or eight countries. In one year. Uh, so, and some of that was work. That's the beautiful thing is work uh, takes me overseas, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. And I went to, you know, China to shoot a documentary. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, but also my friends just, you know, really enjoy traveling. So good, we get man. out. We get out of the space and the chance we get. That's good, man. Like I, I, I try to embody the same thing. I, I make my, I, <clears throat> I just started going on. Well, I wouldn't say just started. I, I, I made my first international trip back in 2015, and since then I think I've gone to at least like six, either six, either it's like I think it's like six or five or six different countries. But I know at this point right now. Um, you know, at this point right now, I do make it a point to at least travel to one international country a year. Over the last year, I've been blessed and was able to do three countries. And I just got back from, uh, Greece and Rome all in one trip. So yeah, man, I, I try to, I try to, you know, I try to keep everything. I try to keep a balance and I'm such, I'm such a grinder. Like as far as, you know, my day to day actions, like I do have a, I do have a job. I do have a full-time job, but you know, when I get off work, I still have a job and that job is me, you know, and I focus on what I want to get done and and I grind toward, you know, everything I want to do. And I sacrifice, like I don't have, I don't have cable. I don't have any of that, bro. Like when I come home, it's, I got five hours to get what I need to get done, you know, and you do this for weeks on end and you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding. You got to reward yourself at some point. And I'm not, I'm not here to tell like the people that's listening, like, you know, grind straight out and don't worry about no friends. Don't worry about anybody else. You know, you, you have to take that time, you know, whether it's, you know, and I'm not saying you got to travel, but you got to take time to yourself to kind of like, like relax, you know, relax, you know, just focus and, you know, take, take the time to be you, you know? And I remember, um, I remember earlier this year, I was kind of like, I just bought a house. I just renovated it. Not renovated. But I was in the process of renovating it. I was, man, that was that was one of the hardest things I ever did. You know, just trying to get that thing up and all this stuff going around, and then I'm trying to create and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, yo. And I had I had I had my line trip. I had my line trip coming up. My uh my frat brothers for our five year to go to Colombia, and I didn't know how I was gonna pay for it. You know, because I was renovating the house, and you know, one of my good friends told me, look. Cause I wasn't gonna go, bro. And one of my good friends told me, "Look, look, don't worry about nothing. Just 
whatever you can scout like scav uh scavenge up just make it work and go on the trip and i kid you not bro i was like damn near burnt out when i left and when i came back i was so glad i went on that trip because when i came back i was completely focused like and i came back and i crushed it you know i just crushed everything but you need that time you know and so i definitely uh agree with you as far as like living your life we're young you know you're 32 hell i'm 27 and you know we're not gonna get these years back especially the opportunity to travel and all that stuff before we have families and you know all the stuff that bogs us down when we're 40 50 60 years old so definitely get out there definitely travel while you can and and make the most of life yeah yeah so let's let's uh let's see where were we at (laughs) um so for you right now, I mean, not right now, but at this moment with your journey, uh, you know, you travel, you, you got gigs, things are kind of flowing. And at this point, you do have your production company, right? Right. So your production company started, you're making moves, you, you're gathering content and all this kind of stuff. Where did the YouTube series with, I mean, where did, actually, no, where did the connection with Issa Ray come into play? So I met Issa, I met Issa uh, maybe seven years ago mm-hmm. um, when she first launched uh, the Miss Adventures of Aqua Black Girl. Right. We had a mutual friend who was looking to do a web series. Uh, she, Issa had just launched her first web series. Well, not even her first. I mean, Aqua Black Girl was the first. Mm-hmm. But I had just launched my first web series in LA. And so we had a friend who, just a mutual friend who, um, connected us because we were both doing stuff that, you know, on the internet and, uh, that's how we met and we, uh, both participated in this kind of collective of folks who were creating for the internet. Mm-hmm. And so we remained in touch and kind of remained colleagues in that way. And so when, uh, you know, I did initially the show called First, I hit Issa up and said, hey, can I put it on your channel? Because she had, um, you know, really built this fan base from the success of ABG. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, you know, so we did first on the channel, then we did Get Your Life on our channel. And then Giants was actually the third series that I worked on that is on her channel. Mm-hmm. And this was all while you were still doing free, uh, you know, gigs and stuff like that in L.A. This was like a side deal or was this did this become like your main project once you. Uh, nah, this was always a side thing. Yeah, this was. um yeah, it was always, this was more so always the dream, the passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always had other jobs while I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So when did this become, because like I said, you had your, you were, you're doing your bread and butter and you were really good at it. When did this transition mm-hmm. to become your full-time focus? Uh, 20, 2016, man. Mm-hmm. Um, 20, about towards the end of 2016, I made the decision that I was going to make Giants my full-time job. So actually this year, 2017, was probably the first year that I was full-time just on my own project uh, uh, as far as not shooting editing uh, content for someone else, mm-hmm. but I completely zoned in and focused on my own project and my own content. Mm-hmm. And this year, this past year, 2017. Okay. And, and okay. when you were, and when you made that transition, you were well off. You were good. You, you know, you had everything established already in LA. So you were able to make that transition. No problem, right? Or were, yeah, or were I mean, there like know, issues? There's always, 
still, um, there's always, initially when I made the transition, I didn't know how I was going to survive, to be honest. But I made the decision that this was the way that it needed to happen. Yeah. And I can tell you that throughout this past year that I have not worried or I haven't been in a place where I haven't been able to take care of take care of my uh, responsibility. So it's been a good, it's been a good. Good, good. And when you made that transition and started, you know, shooting full time for Giants, uh, did you know what you were doing? Did you already have the resources? Like, how did you go about creating the actual show and shooting for it? Sure, yeah, yeah. So I knew what I was doing uh, in the sense of I had, you know, already done season one. Um, I did not know where the funding was going to come from. Uh, I had a, a strategy and a model uh, to secure the funds, but there was no guarantee that um, it was gonna, you know, it was gonna come. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, I just, you know, created a plan, man, and I've been blessed that the plan has has worked. Uh, so yeah, but initially, no, I didn't know for sure, but I did have a plan. I had a strategy, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I was just shooting into, you know, thin air, I was taking uh, action plans and tangibles and creating uh, pitch decks and taking uh, metrics and numbers and our viewership in season one. Yeah. And uh, I was going out aggressively searching for product placement and branded sponsorships to fund the show. Mm. And um, through the grace of God, they came through. Good. Were there, were there any production companies or, you know, anybody significant that was helping you out throughout that process? Not at all, man. No, it was all independent. So, you know, Giants is, you know, self, uh, it is independently produced uh, by James Warren Productions. Mm -hmm. But of course, there's a team behind James Warren Productions. I have two producers. uh, But for the most part, uh, from the business side, the business entity, there was no other production company or studio funding for producing this content. And Issa, you know, she works as a distribution arm. So we produce the content, yeah. and distribute the content via her YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah. From the from the ground up, from the mud. Yeah, man. As you were building giants and it's it's moving and shaking and people, you know, falling into place and things like that, uh, from the start with your production company was it just you and the production company, or did you have like a partner? And, hey, bro. No, it's always just me. And to this day, right now, is it solely just you? Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the sole manager of James Bond Productions, mm-hmm. but you know, Giant is produced by James Bond Productions, and so Giant uh, is an entity that has other folks involved. I have a producer, CJ Faison. Pierre Joseph, mm-hmm. um, Jesse Smollett, the executive producer. So it takes a village to create a show, but James Bond Productions is the sole production company behind you know, this project. Uh, wow. Any plans to expand soon? Of course, man. Definitely. Um, how and what that looks like, I'm not sure yet. But uh, expansion is in the car, it's, it's, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, as you grow and you get a, you know, you get bigger, you gotta, you gotta expand. So it's definitely happening. Good, good, good. So with the launch of Giants season two, I'm pretty sure that's like I say, you, you're you're wrapping up everything and you're busy and busy and busy. 
right after that launches, is there, are you taking a break or are you, you hitting the next project? Like, what's next after that for I mean, you guys? Giants continues, bro, because even when it launches, we got to promote it. So, mm. we're going on a tour. So, as soon as Giants premieres, uh, I'll be traveling to uh, a variety of cities around the country. I'm going to New York. Um, screening, I'll be in DC, I'll be in Atlanta, I'm going to Houston. Uh, we'll be a part of the Houston Black Film Festival. We'll be doing a lot of things here in LA. And so it'll be a good month of promotions. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go to Bali. <laughs> I heard yeah. Bali was dope, man. Uh, yeah. And then I'll come back. I'll come back to Bali and, um, and then continue to grind, man. Continue to, you know, push the show. There it is, right there. Heard it straight from a true entrepreneur. Nah, man, moving mm-hmm. story. Definitely moving story, especially for you to, you know, come out of college and apply to all these companies and not get anything and then take the leap of faith and make that mm-hmm. move. And look what look what happened in a short amount of time. I mean, we live to be, what, 60, 80, 90, 100 years old if we're blessed by the grace of God. And, you know, within a, sh- a few short years, you was able to build a name for yourself. And, I mean, you're really thriving at this point, you know. So you, definitely, definitely a good move, man. Definitely uh, see your grind. And I'm hoping everybody listening can understand what it means to take a leap of faith. And, you know, if you if, it, if it's that time and you feel it and it's in your heart, it's in your blood and you're listening to God, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. All right, so when you started, not even when you started, but throughout this whole journey, and I mean, you could even go back to when you, you know, first had the idea of the arts and all that kind of stuff uh, back when you were a kid and things like that. Who was your biggest influence in starting, you know, this venture, this business, this brand that has now become James Bland Productions? Oh, man, I would say um, when I really realized that I wanted to be a filmmaker. Spike Lee was my biggest filmmaking influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to Steven Spielberg, like The Color Purple has um, been my favorite film uh, since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, really loving cinema. And so uh, Spielberg and, and Spike were the directorial examples. Um, starting out, but if I had to, and Will Smith has always been one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Um, but if I had to go more current in terms of folks that I really admire and really look up to is Issa Rae and it's Donald Glover in the sense of how they've been able to mount their own project. Yeah. How they've really been able to be just really uh, multi-dimensional artists and content creators and writing and producing. Um, they're starring and they're creating, you know, Donald is doing stand-up and, wow. uh, he's, you know, he's a rapper and I'm just like, yo, I think it's so dope to be able to, to be so many things. Yeah, bro. Um, so, yeah. Issa's doing her thing. First of all, they're both doing their thing, but Donald Glover, bro. What a, yeah. what a, what a, what a transition, man. That's, man, what a talent, that, bro. That, that's so wild, man. I didn't, like, I, I listened to him as a rapper. He was definitely talented, but when he started like transitioning and doing all these other things, and then you know you saw him put on for the culture, uh, bad and bougie. <laughs> like I was just like, wow. Like, and at this point right now, like he's really making moves. So you know, definitely good people to look up to. And you know, have have you ever, have you met him yet? 
Just being, <clears throat> side note, just being out there in L.A., and I'm pretty sure people have asked you this question uh, a lot, but just being out there in L.A., and and you're, 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 you're a little bit, uh, well, I wouldn't say you're like you're just the average citizen out there because you're, you're really in the industry now. Um, how often do you come across, like, people that are, you know, stars or, uh, you know, bigger rappers or artists or actors or producers? How often do you come across these uh these kind of people? You know, not as much as people would think in terms of, um, you know, just like a day-to-day, like being going to Starbucks or, you know, like running into a celebrity at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I have to remind myself that the folks that I'm around, uh, even on the day-to-day from a work perspective, are in the eyes of other folks, celebrities, and to me, they've become my friends and my peers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had been fortunate enough to work with some really great people. You know, when I was at uh, Sony at Screen Gems, it happened a lot more because I was on set all the time. Yeah. So it was easily working on films, firing Chris Brown and uh, T.I. and just over. You know, I would see them on the day to day. So it kind of normalized mm-hmm. this whole concept of celebrity for me. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, those years that I spent at Sony working on films, like then I went on to work at, on Death at a Funeral. And that was Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence and Tracy Morgan. And, you know, working on the movie, you're there every single day. So you see these people every single day. Yeah. And then I went and worked on The Soul Man. And I was with Cedric the Entertainer and Easy Nash. And I was with them every single day mm-hmm. on set. And so, so like, idea of celebrity really uh, became a very normal thing. I, and, and then also, I always had this thing about me where I always felt like these folks were my peers. Yep. Or I felt like they, and not my peers in the sense that I knew that I had not um, reached the level that they had reached in their careers, but it was nothing that I felt like they were superior, mm-hmm. you know, to me. Like, they weren't, su- they weren't superhuman. Yeah. They were talented individuals who had worked really hard mm-hmm. and had gotten to a place in their career where, you know, now that they're, they're uh, known and they have some notoriety behind their name, but I always knew that I would get there as well. Yeah. So optimistic view. Like you doing the damn thing, you you made things happen. Why can't I? So I'm gonna look exactly. at you the same way. I'm gonna respect you, but the same token, where you're at, I can get there too. You know, with a little bit more work well. and a little bit more time, I can get there too. Sure. Ain't no problem. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, <clears throat> at this point right now. You know, with all the success you've kind of had thus far, navigating and working through the struggles and things like that, what do you what do you think you still struggle with today that you kind of look back on on a day to day basis? Like, yeah, I wish I was, you know, I I wasn't like this or you know anything like that. What what do you still struggle with today throughout you know um, after going through all your own? You know, life? I still struggle with uh, waking up early. <laughs> uh, that's what oh uh, like, bro, I want to be the person that gets up at 6 a.m. and goes to the gym. It's so hard, man. Oh, and, um, my God. I still struggle with having a, like, 
consistent workout. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I'm still making excuses in that area, like, oh, I'm too busy, I don't have the time. <laughs> like, um, and, you know, I'm at the place where I'm like, you're either going to make it a lifestyle choice or you're not. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of other things that I used to not like about myself, I've I'm shaking that stuff off. Yeah. And I used to be a big people pleaser. I used to not, I used to be very non-confrontational. I used to not want to upset people. Yeah. I used to do a lot of things out of obligation, mm-hmm. uh, because I felt like I had to, to maintain a relationship or whatever. And I no longer have that anymore. Like, I don't be giving a fuck. <laughs> uh, I just don't, bro. Um, Look at the growth. But yeah. <laughs> look at the growth, man. Look, look at the growth. And, 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 bro, look, I would absolutely love to wake up at 6 o'clock. But I just told you, I wake up at 4.30 <laughs> every morning. Good Lord, Jesus. <laughs> but I got I to gotta get the paycheck, man. I got to go for the money. Man. Yeah, man. Don't get me wrong. Weekends, oh, it's all, all bets are off. It's about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as uh as far as james james bland's productions go right <clears throat> you're only 32 right in another 20 let's say 10 20 years where do you see your business or brand oh man great question um worldwide period hey there we go international yeah it's international. The brand is international brand. And uh, I think that's all I'm going to put on it because I don't want to speak something that's too small mm-hmm. uh, into existence. Uh, because I believe, you know, what God can do is exceedingly and abundantly more than I can even dare to ask or hope. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of where I can be in 10 years. But he knows. And so but I know uh, it involves nations and it uh, is a global, it's a global impact. Yeah, I mean, you're already traveling, you're already spreading the word, but you'll be there, bro. No problem. (laughs) So if you could describe your journey in one word, like, you know, if you could describe your journey in one word, what would it be? One word, brother. One word, man. One word. Journey in one word has been uh, favor. Mm. No. There's been a lot of favor. Favor, man. Why favor? I can't even take the credit for it. Why favor? Why favor? Mm-hmm. Because I know that nothing that I've done or accomplished has been off of my own brilliance or strength. Mm-hmm. That I have been, I have been um, set aside for a time such as this. Mm-hmm. That um, I'm just serving a purpose greater than myself, man. So I, I can't, I can't take the credit. I won't take the credit for it. Uh, I do recognize and realize that you got to be self-motivated. And um, what we achieve at times is uh, really a summation of our level of work ethic and, and our thoughts and all of those things. Yeah. And, I, and I'm grateful that I have uh, the right thoughts and I have really uh, fucking kick-ass work ethic. But I also recognize the amount of favor that's over my life. Mm. The amount of things that have been um, orchestrated without my doing. And uh, it's been the preparation of these opportunities. I've definitely been prepared, but I couldn't control the opportunities that's been presented to me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I 
think overall, because you asked me for one word, I can't take the credit. I won't take the credit in one word. So I'll just give it up to um, to just favor, man. The favor of God. Humble man. Life. Humble man. Got to be humble, especially in the especially in the journey and the struggle. Got to be humble. No matter how big you get, you know, you got to give you got to give thanks to where it's due. And if it's the man That's upstairs, true. then hey, give it give it to him. Give everything That's to him. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what do you, with everything going on right now, and you know, you got your season mm-hmm. two coming up. You know, what do you love most about your experience thus far? And I'm talking about from the from from the start all the way to now. What do you love most about that, it? Yeah, the thing I love about my life right now is the fact that I get to wake up every day and it's not how I'm gonna spend my day. It's the most. It's it's the greatest thing. Tell us, man. Tell us like, how it is. Well, it's great. Like, literally, every day I wake up and I say, all right, guys, what are we doing today? Oh. What are we doing today? <laughs> and granted, you know, I got a schedule and I got meetings and I got things I got to do. But I dictate all of that. I decide what's going on in that schedule for today. I decide if I'm available or if I'm not. I decide if I'm in town or if I'm not. I decide if I'm working today or if I am on vacation. So uh, it's, it's, it's a way of life that I cannot... Uh, I cannot go backwards. I cannot do it any other way after doing it this way. Mm-hmm. This is the way I have to live for the rest of my life. But and you- granted, you know, you're going to take jobs and you're going to be in production. I'm going to be on set. I'm going to be doing things. But overall, it's still my choice. Yeah. It's my choice to, to spend my day in this way. Yeah. For the, for the people that's dreamers and, you know, working those jobs or, Doing things that they might not enjoy currently right now and aspire to be in the shoes you're in uh, might not be in film or production, but just, you know, in their own endeavors is definitely obtainable. And, you know, you've been able to show that. And, you know, based off his response, I'm all right. Look, I know what day is coming and it'll be there. I'm not there yet, but I know uh, I know I'll be there eventually at some point. Um, but for everybody that's listening that, you know, feels like that day won't come, it will, you know, and, and yeah. you just got to keep grinding at it and, and know what you're worth. I remember you saying that you got to know what you're worth and be able to put out that energy to where, you know, people understand that and they respect that. And then eventually you'll grow and build that reputation or that business to where you wake up, you know, you wake up at 11 o'clock, you know, you wake up 3 p.m. Who, who knows, you know, but you still got to keep grinding. Uh, but it's definitely obtainable. You don't have to do, you know, nothing too drastic, but just stay focused and keep grinding at what you're doing, and you'll get there. Oh, definitely. For sure. For sure. So I got I got two more questions. Last two critical questions, and we okay. we, we wrap up, bro. Oh. All right. So let's say let's say this, and I ask this I ask this particular question to everybody, um, depending on the the current cities that they're in, but you got what, what? What's your major highway out there, in LA? Y'all got a whole uh, bunch. One on one and the four five. All right, we're just gonna say you on the one on one, you know, and you big time movie producer, film producer, production guy, you know, you ride around there in a wraith. I don't know, whatever, you, whatever your favorite car is, you coming down to one on one, and uh, you know, what are you, what are you bumping, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Right now, Tom. Uh, like, Cardi gets going, man. <laughs> or some No Limits, some fuck with me and get some money. 
<laughs> That's what I'm on right now. Fuck me, get some money. And then also, yo, I, part of my, like, one of my mottos, honestly, uh, for 2018 is I'm trying to have a Cardi B year. The type yo! of year Cardi B had in 2017. The type of year your boy is about to have in 2018. Bro. So, fuck with me. Yes. Hey, we all need that Cardi B. Like that should be somebody should (laughs) trade, bro. Somebody should trademark that and say I'm trying like trademark Cardi B year or something. Like trade find some way to trademark that and sell it, bro. You make millions, bro. But let's say you're rolling down there, rolling down the one on one in this fast car. You're bumping your stuff, and as you pull into the city, bro, you see this billboard, right? And on this billboard, it's got your picture on there, and it's got a quote. What does that quote yeah. say? What is that quote? I mean, it's, it's my picture. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and speak this into existence. Uh, it's a billboard for Giants. Um, <laughs> okay. And I'm on there. And so the billboard is saying, you know, Giants, season three, nothing will be the same. Woo! There it is. It's already in the atmosphere. It's going to happen because we said it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. So the big part about this show, I'm about to close up, but the big part about this show is, um, you know, is expanding the network and getting people, um, exposing people to different entrepreneurs and even myself and brand makers that might not necessarily be in my circle or my network, but, you know, could be within arm's reach, right? And I like bringing on different people that I don't know or I have no clue about, and I, you know, I I bring pe- I bring them on the show and expose them and what they do to, you know, my, my listeners and my followers or whoever's, you know, following the, the show. And so in order to do that, I ask every single guest on the show, right? If there was an entrepreneur or brand ma- a brand maker you know, out there in the atmosphere that you follow or you look up to or you support, you know, who would you like to see next on the show so they could tell their journey of success and share to the masses? Who would that be for you? Yeah, it'll be Elton Anderson. Mm-hmm. It'll be Elton Anderson, photographer, producer, art director, founder of Creators of Color, which is a really phenomenal platform that is doing uh, great things right now in Los Angeles in terms of really sharing um, what it looks like to be a creative color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I would definitely say Elton. Okay. All right. And what I what I usually do is I'll try to I'll do my best to reach out. And, of course, I'm going to need the help of you. Uh, but if okay. I'm going to reach out to him and see if we can bring him on the show and get his story out, man, because I'm pretty sure if he's oh. well-connected and he knows you and you know, he's an influence on you. He's a good guy. And honestly, I've already looked up his, his work and what he does. And from what I see, and I'm very impressed, man. I would definitely love to have him on the show. So, so James, man, I've had a great time, bro. Like your story to success has been nothing but inspirational and motivational. I'm pretty sure somebody listening to this could take some notes and understand that, you know, just take the leap. You know, that's what I'm gonna get that's what I'm gonna get from this show and this episode of what you told me is just take the leap. You know, regardless of what you're going through or if you don't even have things figured out, you know in your heart where you wanna be at and what you wanna go, 
and where you want to go, you know, just take that leap. Yeah. If it's moving to a different city or hitting up this person you're scared to hit up or going to that networking event that might, you know, yield whatever type of results, go do it. You know, go do it. Don't don't even think about it. And also surround yourself with people that share the same vision, that share the same mindset, you know, so you can help build each other up, you know, and love yours is about that. It's about loving your situation, loving the current situation, you know, loving the people that's in it and everything that comes with the journey of struggle and success. And, you know, your story embodies that. And I'm very appreciative you was able to share that. You know, with us and the listeners on the show. I love it, man. Thank you for having me. No problem, bro. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, bro. We'll hit you up, man. Okay, bro. All right, thank you. Hey, guys, that's a wrap for our show. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a comment and show love by subscribing on iTunes or through our website, www.loveyourspod.com. While you're there, support the brand that supports you and cop some of our dope apparel and merchandise available for purchase. You can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook at LoveYoursPod, that's for both accounts, and my own personal account at StrongArm underscore Shad, that's Shad spelled S-H-A-A-D. In addition, if you know any entrepreneurs or brand makers who inspire you and would like to see on the show, visit our main page of the website, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and fill out the information in the fields provided. I also would like to say thank you to our sponsors and everybody that came together to make this episode happen. Without you, this train don't roll. Until our next episode, keep dreaming, keep creating, and always remember, love yours.